Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! Also, I found out. Are we that, recording? That that Dasani we're recording wanted, and Josh is just straight talking. Yeah, there's a there's another. We're this is the Marketing Money Podcast uh, episode 100 and Josh is now talking. I was already talking. Okay, interrupt me. Well, they got to know why, tiny what rumors. This is. Tiny rumors about Josh Mavis. You you only have one that your feet are small, which is may have been blown under proportion. Yeah, they're just normal. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They're actually larger than the average shoe size. Ah, you're you're no Sean Carson. Ah, okay. What's he wear, like a 14 or something? Something. I don't know. He name-dropped it in dinner. Very appreciate conversation, yeah. Sean. Yeah. His wife was next to him, so I guess just reminding everybody. He's a good barefoot skier. Barefoot skier. Yeah. Got the dogs. Bare feet. But he's a barefoot skier. Uh, he just goes on one. Anyway, there's some weird rumors. One that came up that I hate the Black Crows because I had a guy that worked for me that loved the Black Crows. I was like, that could be your favorite band. And so missed a huge, great concert opportunity because there was this rumor that I didn't like the Black Crows, so which I do like So them. then you didn't get invited. Didn't get invited. And they're like, because he doesn't like them, so why invite him? Didn't get invited, but I'm just like, uh, yeah, I'd like the Black Crows. I mean, it's not my favorite. It shouldn't be your favorite band, in my humble opinion. The other one is Dasani Water. So, so found out through this weird confluence of events, weird stuff with pandemic, work from home, and all that stuff. Micro live um, controversies. This, it's just really weird when somebody's got to come up and like nerd. Like, can we get something besides Dasani water here? And I'm like, at, at our office, I was like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, but we asked, and like somebody said that somebody said that somebody said like it's got to be Dasani for Josh. And I was like, I'm no Dasani advocate. Sounds like a great campaign. It's got to be Dasani. Yeah, I wish Smartwater was a little cheaper. Smartwater is it's too smart for itself. It's it's expensive and overpackaged. It's too smart for us. We itself. do have like water coolers and water filters on everything here. Like our tap water is crystal clear. Anyway, showing our age, Crystal we, Pepsi. I remember well, clearly Canadian too. But when we were at the clearly Canadian age, like eight or nine, when that was a thing, if you remember it, you didn't have just this bottled water everywhere. Yeah, I don't even remember. I didn't remember bottled water I until me- I was probably Look, in high school. We've got conferences where people like work for a year at like a place, and then they get to speak. I want to meet the person who made bottled water who a thing, created that, it as a thing. That's what. That's who I want to meet. That's who I want to listen to that conference. Sit and that guy or gal never speaks at a conference, but that's the one we need to listen to. Why he would- sold water? Wait. They don't speak because whomever it is, he it's so rich it, it doesn't matter. They're just sitting in a place with their gold-plated plates and whatever they want because they sat around one day and said, "This falls from the sky. Let's put it in a bottle." It's like challenging it the people. It was like a drunk bet. It was like I can sell this to people. You ever, How, I know what's you've your seen supply it. cost? It's free. What's that movie um, with Aaron Eckhart? Uh, Thank you for smoking. Um, all the movie. lobbyists. Great it's movie. like they had a bet. Like I bet I can sell water. Yeah, but their bet was like, I bet my product can kill more people than yours. Oh, yeah, it was awful. It was dark. So during that era, that Crystal Pepsi, the Orbits, remember Orbits, the water with like weird things floating in it? It was 
I thought it was chewing gum. It was, but before then it was this weird viscous water. The nineties, another thing about the nineties that I that I rediscovered, a lot of boom boom songs. You had boom boom shake the room. <laughs> yes. You had boom shellac like boom. Which was Shamrocks and Shenanigans by House of Pain. Which became Everlast. Yes. Yeah. You had I think Click Click Boom by Saliva maybe made into the 90s, maybe early 2000s. And then you had the Black Eyed Peas in the early 2000s with Boom Boom Pow. And then you had Boom Boom Boom, Let Me Hear You Say Wayo by the Out Here Boys. Yes. Or Out something. Everything was booming. P.O.D. Yeah, 2001 was P.O.D. Here comes the boom. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of boom. There's not, not, There's a deaf... What there, happened to the boom? I don't know. I think... you know, it we was, a, it was, There was too much boom. I think we out-boomed. The boom boom, the boom of the boom, is a bust now. I think we need to bring the boom back. Boom Boom Powell was a, was a pretty good resurgence well, of the boom. Will Smith had boom shake, shake the room. That's what I said, yeah. boom boom, shake yeah. the room, yeah. yeah. I didn't With DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, and Will Smith. Yeah. Okay. I got it. I, I, one of his, le- I would say one of his less G-rated raps. Like it was, he was, he talks about doing some stuff, adulty kind of stuff in Boom Boom, it's shake PG-13 the room. PG-13 versus his G. Yeah. Raps about summertime and the parents millennial. just won't understand. Yeah, yeah, a lot of boom in the nineties, and um, no water, no no water, and we had some. We had no rain by Blind Melon. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's we're not going into rain songs because there's too many of those. Critics has two rain songs. I know popular rain songs. They were stuck on it. John Fogerty just out in Lodi, California. I was at a bank in Lodi. I don't mind naming this. And I was like, you big uh, guy was named um, Jeremiah. I mean, or near Lodi. Same, same. Was he a bullfrog? No, I was like, big, big, big credits fan. <laughs> Your parents there? <laughs> he didn't even know just it. Didn't he didn't even get it. a clue. And I'm just like, wow, jokes aren't hitting today. It's like, Hope hey, y'all are giggling at home. No. It's like if you meet someone named... Josie or whatever, and you say, how was your vacation? And they have no idea what it means. You're yeah. like, I guess you missed the whole song. Yeah. Because you don't meet a lot of people named that. Mm, not really. They go And they go on faraway vacations. Or outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah, that's it. Anyway. What's happening in the, in the real world of banking? Well, in the, uh, is there a real world of banking? Uh, maybe it's all f- fictional. Maybe it's all fluff and fake. But no, uh... I feel like I have a couple more rumors that you heard them. Like you've been around with these like like weird. The number one rumor is that your name is John and that we're the same person. Oh, the other we've we probably talked about it. We probably talked about it. So I'm Dave Chappelle's cousin. This is the other rumor. The other rumor that's pretty funny. I don't. It's not like I deserve any urban legendry around me, but yeah, um, Dave Chappelle's cousin. That's a good one. Yeah, I was speaking to a TED TEDx event and somebody was like, I gotta see this Mavis guy. You know he's. Dave Dave Chappelle's cousin. cousin. (laughs) Where did that come from? Dave Chappelle visited Tupelo from Ohio when he went in his little weird craziness thing. This was in Oxford, Mississippi, a town. 14,000 people. 45 minutes. And was 60 60 miles away from us. Yeah. Was where this conversation took place. Nobody knew me. But the the Chappelle came down. He was photographed all around Tupelo. I was actually out of town when he was here because I was mad. But the rumor was that he he came down to hang out with you. To hang out with me. (laughs) I I remember. And I had no idea. We should have made something more of that. A frequent 
uh, we've got a great client, uh, LCMB National Bank, Lebanon, um, Ohio, and, and Chappelle's farm is somewhere around there. Need to figure out what I think I, I've looked it up. What town he's in? He goes to the coffee shop in town. I want to run into Dave and tell him that story, and see if it just goes over like a lead balloon, like it I would. like I, like I assume it, it would. He would think you just made up to talk to him. Uh, okay, man. Well, at least it didn't like. Hey, I'm such a big fan, and I have nothing to talk to you about. But you happen to be famous, and I I feel compelled to come up and say hi to you. Isn't that what every celebrity gets though? That's what I'm saying. I give him a little 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 little. Hey, you're never gonna believe this. Mr. Chappelle, but some people think I'm related to you. I think he'll appreciate it. He'll give it at least some. It it will become one of his punchlines. So supposedly at that at that coffee shop, he went with a he went up there with either um, a Grammy or an Emmy. I don't know which one. It was just sitting out smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee on the porch of this coffee place. And they're like, somebody like Dave, what are you doing? He's like drinking coffee with my Emmy. If you got one, do it. Mm -hmm. Don't knock it until you have it. All right, so let's talk about things that people are just tuning into here. Not about the history think, of boom boom songs. I think the they 90s. tune in. I think I think they come for the for the humor, but they stay for the knowledge. I think they leave for the knowledge and have already left with the humor. Maybe so. Maybe so. Numbers are up. I think we're getting close to what's Two, our next month? Three listeners? No, like like tens of thousands. Okay. Like fifty. I think we're at our well, God bless you. Fifty thousand listening to this. Listens rant. to the podcast. Bless you for taking the time out of your day to listen to Josh's rumor mill and my. It's like five hundred people. That'd be five hundred individuals listen to each podcast. Oh, that's good. That's good. Five hundred people for what we talk about, especially for people. People. That'd be. Do good. you think we could get a crowd of five hundred people? Like if we spoke. Like the the John and Josh live podcast, like the Murderino kind of. How hard would we have to market it? Well, it's all spread out too. So yeah. like we don't have five hundred people in one town. No, it'd have to be a big announcement of some something. But if it was a conference, let's just lie. Let's just say we have a big announcement. There we go. What would, what? How could we? Dave Chappelle's cousin <laughs> is here. Is speaking. You're related, and you're going to do some stand up, and your entrance song is going to be a boom boom pal song chosen. By social media polling, LinkedIn poll, <laughs> which Boom Pal song do you like which the most? Which Boom song? The problem is that list would have to be so long, you couldn't even get to the end of it. There's got to be a couple other Boom. There probably is. There's got to be like a Harry, Harry Bella Fonte. Bella Fonte. Like he's got to he's got to have a Boom song. Boom 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 Boom. By, <laughs> is that a Boom? Oh, not um, Bo Diddley. No, but, like uh, one of the fabulous Thunderbirds or something. Boom, boom. Yeah, boom. yeah, uh, um, yeah. He's one of the blues guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's that one too. Buddy guy, Bo Diddley. Was yeah, one of those. There types. you go. We'll yeah. keep going. So there's there's a lot. Send of in them. your boom. Send in your favorite boom song. Who sings that? Bobby? Hit the hit the like and smash that bell to subscribe. I, they say he, they sing it with Big Head Todd and the Monsters. I do yeah. know that. I do know they had they covered it on Monsters Live. It was on like a pet live commercial Monsters. too, of all things. John Lee Hooker. John Lee Hooker. Yeah. John Lee Hooker had a boom, boom song, Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Three Three booms. booms. Yes. Huh. That's a lot of booms. No, actually, the title technically is Boom, Boom. Boom, boom. Okay. (laughs) There are way too many boom songs. John Lee Hooker is one of the coolest looking human beings. He was really cool. Is he one of those people that hasn't died that we assume has died? Like, uh, what was his name? Willard Scott died recently, the weatherman on Today's Show. And I just thought he had already passed away. 
So the ex ambassadors have a boom song. They do. But it came in in the 2019s. Yeah, it's, it doesn't, it's it doesn't match up. To also, it. when I was doing this research, because that's what I do, I like ex ambassadors. Like they're, they're a pretty new little poppy, easy to listen to, kind of rockish music. The song's not that great. It's okay. Oh, bad year, 2001. Huh. Anyway, bank marketing. How to bring the boom in your bank marketing. No, yeah, that or, that's what we're going to title this, and it's just a total bait and switch. Completely. So I think what we can talk about, because we're getting to the fourth quarter of the year, and this is when we're not there yet. But we're about to be. No, we're, we're 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 there. And this is when the old budgeteers come down and go, "Hey, marketing people, what you got in your budget? What you planning for next?" And you're like, "I don't. I." You know what's I funny don't. about bank marketing? The control department will come in like like bank marketing's not like point two percent of the whole budget and just try to slash and burn. I always I always look at that and go, "We're less than three percent. Not even. I think we're two percent of the. What entire, can you cut this year? Yeah." Oh, because mine will make a huge difference. Yeah. But you'll do it because you're a good team member. Yeah. But I, I think to that point is, I also think the rigid... Rigidity? Rigidity? Rigidity. Of control accountants and, and that type of mindset to think that marketing can just say, yeah, our budget is a million dollars next year, and here's how we're pieing it out. You know, here's the... Annual planning's tough. Because you don't know, because you may get three months in and... The, Oh, look. Pandemic hits, or you may get three months in, and it's like, hey, we have to shift to yeah, I'm shell shocked. New product. And I used to talk like, about annual planning a lot, and I love it, but I, I was like, nothing's going to change. And then the pandemic came, and I'm like, oh god, things change. Or there'll never be a new product that'll uh, come in this year, and then three months in, it's like, oh, here's a new card app. Let's see how we can market it. Yeah, some of that stuff is too consultantly vendor driven. I just wrote a piece. Should come out around the time this podcast comes out. It, yeah, it'll be out called Disruption is Dead, because we listened to all the, like, shake up the market. If you're not disrupting, you're dying. Like, well, maybe you just need to do... What happens is a lot of people listen to consultants. Like, your customers will... Like a PFM. Your customers need this. It gives you all this data, and it's all... PFMs, in this single person's opinion, is one of the... R or is, whatever the pronunciation is, is one of the most overplayed technology pieces out there. Now, it can do some things. I'm not saying it's no, not. No, I would say high value. I think it has incredible value for the customer, incredible value for the bank, but unwanted. Because the customer my, doesn't want it. It's completely overrated as a product. Sounds like a good idea, like eating healthy and exercising. But People don't like to budget. They're no. not going to look at it. And, and they're going to bank with three different banks and enter all their... You know, it's, you're going to get a different... Yeah. You don't get the full picture. But anyway, yeah. So we're annual planning. Yeah. Um, I still adhere to my 70-20-10 rule or guide. 70% boom, 20% pow, 10% bang. Bang. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> boom, pow, bang. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm distracting the... 70%. Try to get... Se- uh, even with things changing... Plan I th- 70% of it out solidly. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you know that's your goal. where it's going? That's your goal. 20% earmark it. Like, give it some idea where it's going. And 10% just, is your the petty fun. cash. It's petty cash. Yeah. It's over in the corner. Oh, we need to do this and, thing. And we didn't know it was going to happen. Let's talk about a word I don't like. Contingency. Oh, contingency. I don't like the word contingency. I'm trying to kill it at Mabus Agency. Because we treat contingency like a contingency. And we get to December and we haven't spent 
10% of our money, and we wind up end-of-year low engagement, like trying to blast it out or we're going to lose it, or maybe prepaying for something for next year if your accounting will allow so for that. there are some banks, and I won't say that they're ours or not ours, that... Some banks we may know. Some banks that we may have experience with used to, may or may not, uh, hold the marketing spend for certain oh, we're talking about, banks. We're talking about... Branch level, branch level. They would their marketing spend comes off their bottom line. Yeah, and so they won't spend. So their branch budget, and so they wouldn't spend their marketing dollars all year to see if they could balance out to, like a and bad. They get to the end of the year and they'd say, "Oh, I have ten thousand dollars left." And so then we well, know. I know what bank you're not t- talking about. It, ten thousand is a realistic number. It, okay, so they have twenty thousand left. Whatever well, it is, they <laughs> get to, they get to the end of the year and there's a hundred and eighty branches. That all of a sudden have, have a million dollars between them, and they're just inundating marketing with, with Santa Claus ads. I, yeah, I need a, an ad with Santa or a Christmas ad or a holiday, and it's December twentieth. And you're, and they're like, yeah, because there's ten days left in the month, and our budget's done. And I'm even gonna, though the budget closed in in December, 14th. and you're just like, why did you wait? Well, I didn't know if I was going to make it, so I wanted to have that money to hold. So you have to change up your whole model to incentivize them to spend it. Yeah, that's why I don't like contingency. You don't, it's not save it to the end. We look at, if you're not looking at your contingency or whatever you want to call it, we call it unplanned. Um, or that's why I'm trying. It's it's tough. It's even tough to have it to break in my own mind and mouth. Anyway, look at it quarterly. Um, try to, try to, try to clean out that contingency unplanned thing quarterly. But, but right now is, is the best time. John said it's a little ahead and, and he's right. You know, don't know our budget, yada, yada, yada. But you know probably what you would do. And getting it 70%, when I say 70% planned and roughed in, I mean by December 31st, you can start signing contracts on it. 70% is a good amount to to commit to because so many banks want to plan and replan quarterly. That's fine. But there's some stuff you're going to lock in with annual commitments for for better savings. And get off your plate. Well, and also as a marketer, if you're an experienced, confident marketer, you're gonna you're going to know how to market better than the bankers are. And you the better. The hardest thing bankers do is commit to something because of risk, because of compliance. It's like and well, consensus building. Let's take yeah, let's focus group it. And has the board seen it? And has everybody had their hand in? And you're just like, I know I'm spending this. I've gotten it approved, or I know it's going to be spent. Let me go ahead and commit to things that are going to work that I know are going to work. I'm going to get a twenty percent discount on for doing it early and and executing it. Yeah. Otherwise, we we go around the bush eighteen thousand times, and next thing you know, it's like, well, did you think about and have we done? And it's like, well, we missed our discount window, and now our execution deadline is closer. And so, we were gonna, so we're late and, on it. And some might argue, yeah, but I would give up the discount for the control. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't, because you're going to do it anyway. It was going to happen anyway, because you're asking people. Quite frankly, and, and this drives me nuts, I, I'm all for consensus, but any of y'all that work with me or worked around me know that um, I love engaging um, lines of business and listening to them and hearing them, but it's incumbent upon us, being me and the marketing director, what John and I tour and listen and, and talk to our bankers and hear from them from their perspective. I want to hear about lending, commercial lending in this market. Tell me what you're facing Tell me what this. Are, what I don't do clients need look like? This is a brainstorm to come up with ideas. the best client you have, and how do we make more of them? Yeah. And here's the deal. When I say it's not a brainstorm, I want to accept ideas, but that's not. it's not about let's figure out how to market you. Let me hear what, your, what challenges you're facing, what opportunities you have. We'll build a plan and give it to you. That's the way I view it. So if that 
you know, if that turns you off, please don't call me. Well, <laughs> but to that, and I think I've turned you, hopefully in my 15 plus years of working with our bank, gotten the respect and trust that when I show up, I'm talking about marketing, they're talking about banking, and then we're trying to figure out the right path yeah, to mesh those. together. It's not me talking about banking and them talking about marketing, which I think when most people start out in marketing, that's the way the conversations go. The marketer shows up at the branch with the bank president or whatever it is. How's your checking account and, activation? And they pull out a notepad and they want to take notes on everything the branch manager or the marketing, the not the marketing, the market president has to say for that market. And they're taking their notes and it's print ads, billboards. Instead of like, where mail, are your what, people? Instead of saying, hey, who are your best clients? How do we then attract them through marketing? Yeah. And what can we not to do that? And what should we not do? And then look at the competition and say, this doesn't work. We're not going to do the same thing everybody else does. I have a three-prong, and I know that's kind of everything. I've got three things. but you got to have three things. Yeah. So um, three things I look at in this. You know, audience and all that stuff that John's saying. But what, what have we been doing that we don't need to do anymore? What, what have you seen in marketing that we've done that yielded no results? And take that with a grain of salt because I've had so many – outright arguments on, you know, our people um, on that CD special, they came in and, and they said they came in from the newspaper. Those digital ads were just a waste. They didn't, they didn't, uh, uh, they, nobody mentioned when our tellers ask, and you know, they're good. They ask, they ask every, every customer that comes in. Have you ever deposited a check in a bank? All they say is, hey, how are you today? Yeah. Good. Dubious on a lot Would of you fronts, like the receipt? but I look at their that their metrics and they've got like a a five time national average engagement on digital, but they also saw it in the newspaper, which is physical. My point is, listen to them. They don't set the strategy. Do we, do we still have newspapers? Oh yeah. What what have we been doing? We don't need to do. What have we done that we need to double down on next year? And what have we not done that we need to consider? If you want somebody's opinion, it doesn't need to be a a brainstorm throw who flung do at the wall and see what sticks. Those are the three questions you need to ask. What are we doing? Do we need to stop? What are we doing? We need to do more of. What are we not doing? We need to consider doing. Or dropping. On the, on the brainstorm side. Um, the rest of it needs to be where are opportunities? Where, like you said, um, what do our people look like so we can multiply that audience? What are our popular products? What, what are your people selling well? Well, and we've spoken about this. You can go back down on the podcast list, play back on the calendar of opportunity. As you're planning for next year, you know, without a doubt, that Valentine's Day is going to be in February. You know which month is going to be the same monthly themes and narratives that you play. Black History Month, Fourth of July, Labor Day, Memorial Day. You know there's themes and narratives of every month that work into your marketing, whether it's just social media posts or whether you have a full all-out, you know, armed services day, feed the veterans or feed our Get ahead of that activists. stuff. But, but you know it's going to happen. You can plan that with 10% of your budget and be done with it a year two years out. Just go ahead and have it planned and, and or repurposed. And then you don't have to spend time on stuff that honestly doesn't move the needle. It might move some emotional needle. It might we've move had to get community off. service, We've had it to get doesn't off. move a revenue needle. We've had to get off these one-day things that don't do... They don't th- move the needle. They're obligatory first. Just 4th of July. You're not informing anybody that it's 4th of July. You just have to have a 4th of July post. Well, the bank's closed. And the bank's closed. Like, I got, a, I got an email 
from somebody on Tuesday that I can't remember, but it can was like out American another bank though. Labor Day. Can you out American another bank? They we try. Good lord. <laughs> I just saw an ad for a bank that was um, We try. <laughs> Anyway, I can't even say it because it's around sensitive. It's around 9-11. It's first responders, which thank God for our first responders, very much so. But it was some small-town America that had nothing to do with 9-11. And, like, they're trying to equate it locally, what was going on in this rural town to 9-11. And I'm like, I just have a little bit of a philosophical jump for that. Like, let's honor those first responders that gave their life, you know, trying to save thousands of Americans, not... I'm very thankful for... Oh, I, I get what you're saying. It, it was just a it, weird... It's trying to relate to the... To the moment, to the moment. with good intentions, but kind But of, you, it's a reach. Yeah, I'm just like, did they go? Like, a friend of mine went from Connecticut. Like, went from Connecticut, took the ferry, and went into Manhattan. Very thankful for him, right? But anyway, it, and thankful for our, for, for our local first responders. I mean, but, but the factor and label... If you're, let's treat if you're 9/11 in as 9/11. South Dakota in a small town, and you're running first. This was responder. not South Dakota, by the way. But I'm clients in South Dakota. Up, I just want to make sure. A, a uh, whatever Nevada, <laughs> wherever you are. Yeah, I don't and have you're clients in a, Nevada. And you're running a. You're in a small town with ten thousand people, and you're running a first responder 9/11 ad. It's kind of weird. I just I don't know that it relates. It's but, out there. But if you want to do it, do it. I'm just. I, I'm all for the freedom. Don't, I'm all for the freedom of it. Yeah, absolutely. But to the to the annual planning point, now is the time to start doing it. It sounds early. You're right in the middle of football season, which if you're a community bank, you're all into high school football now. If you're a, in the South, you're into SEC football. If you're in a metro area, you're probably partnering up with some NFL team, whether it be tickets because you're a smaller bank or whether you're the official bank of. Football is driving a huge conversation now. If you don't, I wonder if the if ratings. You don't believe good. it? Just look around. Are the ratings going to come back though? You think? I haven't checked after the first weekend. There are only like three. I thought three big enough games to move a ratings needle. Georgia Clemson. I was going to say Georgia Clemson's yeah. pretty. Miami Alabama was pretty big. Yeah, uh, and then the the Tuesday night game and well and uh, Wisconsin versus Penn State. It's a pretty yeah. big game. So you had some some bigish beginning of the season games. But to that point, I don't. I haven't checked the ratings to see if it moved the, the needle. But I know in the South, that's what everybody was doing and talking about. Because I saw if you measure it by social media conversation and chatter, if you measure it by the water cooler I felt qualitative, like it, if you measure it by whatever metrics, you know it was the attention. It driver. was the attention gear. It felt a little down. Was my thing is it wasn't like it wasn't like the the boom boom pow of the. Well, we've still got this pandemic and then you've got middle east stuff going on you've got wildfires in california you've got september 11th coming up you've got weather with ida and went up the coastline and a lot going ravaged on. the north as well as the south yeah, flooding so, in new york city and so new you've jersey got a lot of distraction relevant distraction that what i say relevant I, football I would be the distraction that's a good distraction yeah the other is like relevant nuisance that you're just like god can we get over this and you can't yeah. you can't control any of it but you're just Tragedy versus, yes. I, I think you can plan. I, I think if you're looking for a goal, try to get seventy percent of your stuff placed. Play, I, not just plan, but like, if you could go into February first with seventy percent of your year under your belt, approved, you, planned, and funded. That's what I'd yeah. say. The, the three things approved because you you know you can do it. It's planned. And then it's funded. Like, you don't have to go back and be like, can I get another $1,000 to do this? And look, what I'm talking about is the stuff you know you're going to do. Just get it out of the way. You know you're going to do it. DDA Bullet through. 
Brandon. Now you can spend 100% of your time on 30% of your budget and weaponize that That's budget. That's like the creative, cool stuff that everybody's like, man, I can't believe they do that. Yeah. That, that cutting edge, relevant, responsive stuff. And the way I look at the other, just to break down the 20 and 10, is the 10's not just a slush fund, petty cash contingency. I'll set it to the side. I try to really plan hard on that 20 quarterly. So it's, it's, a, it's a substantial budget amount, not equally divided up by quarter, but really go in and say, what's our opportunity this quarter that we don't have covered in our brand, our DDA, our commercial, you know, the things we know we're going to run? What can we do or what can we do to enhance those that 20%? The 10% I call the church of what's happening now. Like, that, that's that wild stuff, like, that we wouldn't do. Like, it's the... I call it the say yes fund. Whether that be for something totally bad idea like a like a, a school yearbook or Billy Banker had a good idea, lightning rod idea, lightning in a bottle. Or putting your name on a golfer shirt. You don't yeah. know if they're going to win the tournament or if they're just going to miss every cut and never be heard of. But it, that's a good flyer because the upside is huge. Yeah. Where the You know what the floor is. The floor is exactly what you had before you put yeah. the name on their shirt. That's what the floor is. Yep. The ceiling is they go out and lead the U.S. Open or win the U.S. Open. They go make a team, the Ryder Cup or something. They do something. Hey, great. we've had the Solheim Cup like Allie did last yeah. weekend. So my point is, if you have an extra 10%, go find a golfer yeah. on PJ Tour. Go find a NASCAR. Put your I mean, they're what, whatever. The the, what's you know, the, not WebMD now, what is it? The the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. Corn Ferry. But yeah. I, can't, I can never is, think of who the. That's just golf, but there's other things too. Yeah. Find a sponsor a band, a concert. Like find something that you can throw Community a Community event. Yeah, that's not gonna. The floor is is where you are because the, you're not the there. point is, is we don't do those things because we consider everything having the same importance. But when you treat that ten percent like it's fun money, it's your high opportunity, high risk kind of money. Yeah, and frankly, the risk is the no return, which you're already not which getting. You're already not getting, yeah, and you would be spending a marginal to. amount of money against the risk of no return versus the risk of high return. And all the other stuff is on what I would call operational marketing. We're yeah. going to redo our website. We're going to run three or four. You need it. Can we commit to it? We're going to go ahead. We're going to run personal promotions for new hires. I mean, you know that stuff is. I'm going just to telling happen. you, if you adopt this philosophy, it'll change your life. If you get seventy percent of your budget planned, placed, and funded at least by February 1st, the the rest of your 11 months are going to be amazing. You're going to be one of the best marketers in your area. Oh, I agree. We we, we don't really struggle with annual planning. No. I, honestly, we've, done, we we've done this for and you 15 can laugh years too, now. But like, I, that's, a lot of people say, oh, am I planning my budget? Like That's probably, other than just having to fine-tune it with control and accounting when they come back and go, can you give me another 10% or whatever? And I say no, or either I do it on the front end and go, I've already done it, so leave me alone. Yeah. But my point is, is that that to me... I won't say it's fun, but it's like easy operational stuff now. It's, it's almost not, like gamified. It's, it's it's opportunity. What can we do? What can, and planning what we, a vacation? What are we, not do? we won't do this next year. We've yeah. already got it. Or we're just going to repurpose this, so it's not going to take as much creative cost. That's another thing that we'll throw in as a bonus thing is there's a there's a balance between reusing old content too long and making new content. And it's a struggle that we as an agency find ourselves in where we'll just create something new and a client orders it sometimes. I think we've, over the past 10 years, we've gotten much better at like one of the statements you've heard me say, before you start thinking outside the box, check and make sure the box isn't empty first. You don't always need new creative. No, agree. Agree. We, we look back and we're using some, well, first of all, so for our football on the big 
jumbotrons at the games, we're using a lot of the same stuff we did last year because there was only a fourth of the crowd in the yeah. game because yeah. of the pandemic. If And some didn't have any crowds. So the same creative we used last year, throw it right back up. It's the same message. It's and the same thing we want to get across. No one, you know. And it's banking, so it didn't change. And a third of the crowd saw it if they're the same Even crowd. there. Yeah, even there. So my point is that that's a win for us this year because we're not having to pay for it. And just like everything's in threes, we try to go on a three-year cycle. New creative year one, keep running it in year two, look and see how to replace it in year three. Same thing with the websites. And if you and if you if you stagger that with new creative, then every year after you run through that first two years, you always have new creative every year, but it's only one third of your budget. And I'm a good I'm a fan of on the the three year cycle of redoing your website. Yeah. Because it takes a year to plan it, a year to implement, and then you put it in, and then by that time, year to plan, year to implement, year to do it. So you're on a three year redo of your website too. So we're, we're about probably, to do. year two, we're about to do for the, the redo the discussion for next year. So whether we do it or not, that's another story. Can always talk about it. Can always talk about it. Can always boom it. Yep. So anyway. Well, here's been the boom. So if you if you listen to the boom today, it actually got good at the end. Kudos to us. You think, you think so? strong? But no, they've they're gone by now. Well, that's their fault. Yeah, they should have stuck they around. They aren't paying for it. They could have heard the 70, 20, 10. Yeah, full planning. Play, play it in reverse. Play it backwards. Yeah, there you go. You just cursed out like eight banks. <laughs> play that in reverse. I just said something profound. The meaning of life. Right there. All right. For the Marketing Money Podcast, it's your boy, Johnny O. I'm your other boy, Josh Mavis. And here's, here's wishing you a great annual planning. Here budget. comes the boom, I think, is another. I think there's that's. Well, so let me add this, too. If you've listened this long, let's add that our friends at ABA are having a virtual conference. You probably already know that because we mentioned it in. In the last one, but we'll it's a movie. It again. Here comes the boom. Is a movie. Is a movie with um Paul Blart. Mono what about Cop. Boomerang with Eddie Murphy? Now that's a good one. Anyway, they had PM Dawn's best song. Yeah, but anyway, to the point of all that, uh, there is a virtual conference coming up because if you're hearing this, this will probably be the one. Now there'll be one more before it uh, podcast, but it is September 27th and 28th on your computer, iPad, or phone because it's virtual. And it's two days of, as Josh said before, this riveting content from many of our friends, partners, vendors, providers, consultants, and bankers. And so uh, everything from branding and personalization to email and texting and marketing, of course it's marketing, and uh, loyalty. I'm looking at through some of the stuff now. Uh, responsibility of the marketer, demographics, uh, client relationships. And everything you could probably, in fact, there's probably not a lot that you could add to it. I'll put more than you could shake it's, a stick in. It's not worth reading a virtual what all stick. it is because it's just like, is it in there? Yes, it is. So, anyway, visit the ABA website to sign up for your virtual conference on September 27th and 28th coming up. So, for the Marketing Money Podcast or the Money Marketing or the Marketing of the Money and the Marketing with the Money of the Podcast, we're out. <laughs>
views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.